This is podcast 273 entitled The Treasure, and you've just heard a just uh, mind-blowing, as far as I'm concerned, uh, single produced by Joe Meek called Thou Shalt Not Steal, performed by Glenda Collins. An insane production, an insane conclusion, and in two minutes and three seconds, uh, Joe Meek um, was a great artist, and he produced hundreds of... Um, pop singles, most of which were just failed um, uh, monuments to one musical idea that he had with, with uh, no, sort of no talent individuals who approached him. And yet he hit uh, some high notes, and one high note was just like Eddie, performed by Heinz, and one high note is um, Have I the Right by the Honeycombs, and one definite high point is anything that Glenda Campbell, uh, Glenda Collins did for whom he had a thing, and um, he gave what we've just heard all he had, and yet it was off the charts. But that's not what the podcast is about. The podcast is about your life, your life as it is summed up or understood or analyzed by yourself emotionally and spontaneously at the moment of death. Now, this is heavy, but and I've discussed this kind of thing before, but it's real, and you're not going to re- really be able to... Um, evade, I hope, the force of what I say, although I've uh, tried to record this before and it's not come out quite right, so I'm trying to really enforce it in a way that I didn't before without giving so much info. The, um, the, uh, uh, thoughts, especially when I was recovering from some surgery recently, uh, the kind of way that, uh, 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 an impressive physical response to a, um, problem you have causes you to sort of step back and look again at what's really vital and crucial sort of what do you see when when you're at the moment of departure what or do you think you might conceivably be obviously I wasn't I'm here but um what goes through your head because it's going to go through your head is it the whole thing of you know everything passes across your your brain uh, uh in um sort of one uh, quick 30 second run as you die um I want to talk about that and what it reveals about you because you all identify with a character in a book that I read in my recovery. Now, the book is called The Rainbow and the Rose, and it was written in about 1959 by Neville Shute, an author whom I've spoken of before, whom I adore from the 40s, 50s, and really the those were the years where he was very active. And um, Neville Shute describes a situation in which a man... Um, a man's life uh, is entirely weighed and understood and uh, felt by another man in the period between a an accident that wounds him, as it turns out, fatally, and his actually death, actual death. It's about a sort of a 36-hour to 48-hour period in which one man's um, um, sort of life as he has experienced it, the life taken as a whole between his birth to his imminent death passes before him, but in the brain of another man, the man, uh, the hero of the story has uh, had a f- terrible accident on an airplane and is dying of a uh, fractured skull. And another younger man who knows the older man is attempting to rescue him in uh, an island uh, in, off the coast of southern Australia. And and um, the memories and associations and feelings and aspirations, the soul of the dying man are oddly 
it works in the plot, transferred into the consciousness of the younger man, and we understand the older man's life in its fullness and depth, which no one else knows because he's kept his inward life as you do and we do to yourself. Look, believe me, I'm not... You keep your inward life to yourself. Remember what Rose Hobart said in Susan and God in the great moment in that movie, that remarkable movie from 1941. She says, we never... Why do we never tell anybody what we're really thinking? And this is actually true. You are not telling people what you're really thinking. Why? For fear that you will be criticized, judged, or even um, you will be excoriated or turned into a leper for whatever you say that you're really thinking. So you keep it hid. That's Jimmy Webb's great song, I Keep It Hid. And you're not the only one. A truly integrated person who has love and compassion around him, as I said last time in The Bell That Wouldn't Jingle, Couldn't Jingle, um, you can tell somebody, and it's the most freeing thing in the world when you can tell somebody, but this poor chap in this novel, The Rainbow and the Rose by Neville Shute, never can. Well, come to find out, we find out in the book that there are two moments that, uh, from his earlier life that are determinative that nobody else knows but are absolutely the key to his entire, what appears now, very controlled, um, practical, um, integrated personality as he is now dying in a wrecked plane in Nowheresville. And um, the first was the fact that he was a veteran of the of biplane uh, the, the, the fights in the air of the First World War in the British Air Force against the Germans, and he shot down 11 German um, Fokkers, as they're called, and Fokwolfs, and uh, aircraft, and uh, is, however, um, just utterly done in as a kid of about 17 years old, 18 at the oldest, by the fact that every single one of his fellow pilots dies. Every single one of his fellow pilots dies during the First World War. And for some majestically imponderable reason, this man, Johnny Pascoe, survived. And at the same time, he, he, he had married a woman he was absolutely, totally in love with and infatuated who rejects him and who ends up deserting him with their child and going to America and divorcing him in Reno, where he's in, you know, somewhere in Yorkshire, England, in the dappled skies of English um, countryside. And his, his, his life is a complete and total rejection, first by reality when all his all his colleagues are killed, his fellow aviators, and he is um, also rejected fundamentally by his wife. The second, uh, and that's what you find out, through the memories, through somebody else who's dreaming the memories of the man who's in, about to die. Then you find out that years after, he sort of about eight years later or ten years later, he recouped and met someone whom he truly loved and um, would have just, it was match made in heaven, but she unfortunately was married. And she had a tremendous sense of duty about her um, her husband who was ill, a horribly psychotic, awful man, but nevertheless she could not divorce him and she doesn't and the hero of the story and this married woman conceive a child and in their brief uh, adulterous affair that's actually very powerful and hopeful but nevertheless the woman is so filled with conflict about what she's done that she commits suicide in a plane in an airplane crashes her own plane and um the poor chap doesn't realize that um, his daughter, whom he has been told died um, in an illness in France, his baby daughter being taken care of by the mother of the woman he loved, um, 
they lie to him and the daughter is not dead, but he thinks it. So the second great moment in his life was the loss of the woman that he loved and uh, uh, and the loss of the child that they conceived. And this has been hidden from everybody. Nobody knows about it. Now, let me just tell you how your life is. And that's all. Now, something else happens. It's really wonderful. And this book is worth your reading next summer. It's worth your reading. It's easy to get. It's still in print. In an English edition, you can get it very easily, and it's called The Rainbow and the Rose. And um, life, this man's life is basically summed up in two fairly disastrous, wounding episodes. Everything else that he did, the fact that he was a commercial pilot for 30 years, that he had an unblemished record, that he was a wise, thoughtful, careful um, man is completely eclipsed in his own soul, in his ignorantness, by these two blips on his screen, these two, what do we call them, speed bumps, which had entirely and completely uh, directed the course of his life. And now look at you. I mean, when you look back at your life, think about it. What, 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 um, you spent so much time about your career or your ministry or the work you were supposed to do or the status you were supposed to deserve or the things that you thought would give you happiness and money or creating wealth or whatever it was. And inevitably, it's all absolutely forgotten. If you get, it's the first thing you forget just in regular old age. And if you have Alzheimer's, you forget it really quickly. You don't even think about it. You almost can't remember. But what you do remember are these blips on the screen. Your life is a little bit like when I was having my surgery a week or so ago. Um, I uh, kept, you know, the old, the old heart. You see the heart monitor. Well, it's flat except for these boop. And life is sort of like about three of those. It's basically flat and nothing of real interest because you're not really emotionally engaged. The real heart of you, the soul of you, is only engaged in a couple of relationships. Two or three, usually just about it, two or three. Your son, you know, the the one son that you really, 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 your heart breaks over. Branwell Bronte, you know, the one daughter that you just lost and all you can think about is her. The the wife who divorced you that you've never gotten over. Um, The wife who loves you, who you never want to get over, the um, some father figure who truly loved you at a, when you were at a low ebb and really understood you and was willing to stand by you and help you and support you and think about you. That's about it. Well, that's you. And I can say the same. That's you. Uh, Just a couple things. And everything else is uh, uh, completely um, unimportant. It's the the connection that you had, your soul connected with a person who loved you in some form or another, or you loved in some form or another. And that's everything. That is everything. Nothing matters except that. And obviously, God is involved deeply for a Christian. And I'm a devout, I mean, I'm a practicing Christian, very much so. I think about God. And God is... A supernatural God, to quote Paula White. He is involved in these these boop, these blips on your screen. And what I just want to say, you can't argue about this. This is the way it's going to be. You, you, whether you're 15 listening to this or whether you're 25 or whether you're 55 or whether you're 85, you're going to know that your life is a couple of blips because when you come to a certain point in your life, you realize that only two or three things matter to you. Maybe only one. And just listen to the songs of Jimmy Webb. I, I'm not, you know, don't take my word for it. Listen to the songs you like. The songs you like are all songs from a certain point in your life which, where you were a feeling animal. When you were, that's not the right way to put it. When you were a feeling person. They all, the songs that you love that are indelibly on your top ten, your Spotify, are songs that connected with you and you were vulnerable to connection, relationship, intimacy, and hope. Personal hope through relationship and love. Those are the songs that you remember. They may have been really ridiculous. I mean, there's a song, um, 
you know, when I think of Mary, you know what I associate with Mary? I think of the song, uh, um, um, well, I think of a Dylan song that's very, very touching, If Not For You. And I think of the song by uh, um, uh, um, Pink, no, not Pink Floyd. I think of the song by Steely Dan, Reeling In The Ears, and the song... Uh, Deep Purple. You know, what's that song about the Tokyo? It all came out. Smoke on the water. I mean, that's not a very good song. There are millions. It's a good song. But what do I, when I hear Smoke on the Water, I'm back there with Mary. I'm back in Boston with Mary. Boston, horrible Boston. Harvard, horrible, horrible, horrible Harvard. Awful, awful. Never, never want to go there again, given the way they treat the final clubs, let alone Dean Sullivan of Winthrop House. Good grief, they've lost the plot. But uh, if I had to go there, I'd take refuge in uh, in Deep Purple and Steely Dan and maybe a little bit of Dylan. Now, that's what I'm talking about. What about you? That's the whole thing about life. There you are. You have your life in a trice. Read this book when you can. Study the poem that comes at the beginning of it by Rupert Brooke, the famous Grantchester poet of the First World War. A poem he wrote, a sonnet called The Treasure, which is on the title page of Neville Shute's book, The Rainbow and the Rose, where the uh, poet, the inspired poet, uh, portends a kind of twilight period at the end of one's life, a kind of brief twilight when you can handle and look at the, the beauty of your life, the rainbow and the rose, the lovely things that are unforgettable about it. And even though you're going to be with God in the great, the great heavenly oneness of divine assimilation, grace, love, compassion, and unity, and mercy, the Christian unity of God, you, the Jesus Christ unity of God, you nonetheless are kind of have had some years on the earth, and you give it a kind of twilight. And that's what this book is about, and that's what Rupert Brooks' poem about, which you can look up the treasure today. And that's what life is about. And I hope you now enjoy, as a kind of uh, interlude from this rather heavy podcast, a um, a uh, a uh, song uh, from the Avengers. 